This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're here in his presence and uh, we want to move forward in our spiritual maturity series. And we're thankful to God for uh, this passage of scripture in Philippians uh, second chapter, verse three. Philippians two, verse three. I'm going to read in the King James Version. It says, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, this scripture is speaking the sentiments of how God would love for us to walk in a holy sociological manner. And I put those two words together because we are not just natural, but as you are given the new life in Christ, you are now to walk in a supernatural way as well. The only way that our hearts can maintain the ability to commit to having a godly community is to completely submit our ways to God and to be submissive to each other as God would have it. And uh, this message comes to encourage all to do what must be done to experience the blessings of holy submission. I'd like to share with you wisdom from this thought, the blessings of holy submission. Amen. Now, um, Jesus is taking a crucial snapshot here in the scriptures, if you will. He's showing us his selfie. We think that people today were the first to invent selfies, but God did it. He wrote, amen, and chronicled throughout the holy word of God, whatever his heart desired for us to know. So, yes, a crucial snapshot in the life of Jesus shows us how humbly obedient he was to the sovereign will of God, the Father. Many of us today have a problem with that especially a God we cannot see. We like gods we can see. One main God is the television. We can see that. We can hear it. That has become one of the main idols of our culture. The media that presents the food for thought through the means of television and radio, that's the main idol especially if it is not obedient to the will of God the Father. <laughs> As Savior of the world, Jesus personified the truth of our main scripture. As read from Philippians, the Bible reveals how such submission is indicative of true worship. When we submit to God, we are worshiping God. When we are not submitting to God, we are not worshiping God anymore. We stop worshiping God when we stop submitting to him. Some people thought when we said amen in church and left out of the church building, that was the end of worship. No, that's called a worship service. Amen. Where we congregate together. But worship is ongoing from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. We are to worship all day long. 24 7 365 366 in a leap year thank god we have to continuously worship god when we fall short 
we are not worshiping God anymore. Now, Jesus is showing us through the Bible, uh, he's revealing how such submission uh, should be done. Worshiping God should be done in spirit and truth, according to John 4, 24. Jesus had the spirit, in other words, the faith of his father God, based on the firm foundations of his truth, or in other words, his holy word. Jesus showed us that promotion comes from above. People are to be esteemed from above, from where God sits at the right hand of the throne, and he pulls us up. He is the lifter up of our head. He should um, give us the esteem we need. God is sitting there for that reason, amen, to pull us up, amen, not down. The enemy fell down. He wants to pull us, what, down, amen. But God is all the time trying to lift us up. Lift up your hands and bless the Lord, all ye people who stand in the temple of the Lord. Uh, Lift up your voice to the heavens. There's always an upward swing, But sometimes when we're in our flesh, the sinful nature, we want to go up without God. And we're going to try to have our own godless self-esteem. Godless self-esteem is not the order of the day in God's will. Uh, Jesus showed us that, yes, promotion comes from above where God sits upon a holy and sovereign throne, and we must humbly trust in his love to be partakers of his eternal inheritance. Matthew 21, Mark 11, Luke 19, and John 12, all the Gospels, recorded how Jesus rode humbly upon a donkey of peace instead of in overt power upon a war horse. Did he enter Jerusalem upon a war horse? No, he didn't. So in doing this humble act, he modeled proper submission to the heavenly father's will. In like manner, as God's covenant people, you know, Christians, people of God, people of faith, uh, we must travel through the process of life on this earth as Jesus's submitted and committed disciples. Uh, Psalm 25, verses 10 through 14, help us to understand uh, this process. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, everything we're doing on the inside, thoughts that are not right, which cause actions to not be right. He said, for it is great. The psalmist is testifying of uh, his sin. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. See, God helps you to have a made up mind. He puts the substance in your mind so you'll know how to think and where to go, what purpose you should have in your heart. Uh, It says in verse 13, his soul shall dwell at ease. You know why? Because you won't have turmoil in your heart and noise from the warfare of the flesh versus uh, the Holy Spirit. So you will dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. God wants holy posterity to happen in the earth. We're supposed to have the next generations growing up in the admonition of the holy faith. Amen. 
Verse 14 says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenants. A lot of people walking around, not walking in the will of God, but yet are trying to proclaim and esteem themselves without the power of the Holy Spirit in their life that they know God. They know God's every move. They know his heartbeat. They know what he's saying all the time. Meanwhile, they are disconnected from the will of God. See, this psalm in Psalm 25 has some knowledge for us. There's five points for good things and five points for bad things. Uh, So I'm going to call the five things five smooth stones. Uh, It's like the stones little David used before he was uh, in actuality the king. He was anointed the king, but it wasn't his turn totally yet. But the Lord let him pick up a stone, a smooth one. And with the heavenly centrifugal force, it was driven from his sling into the forehead of the giant, thus killing conquering the giant, took the giant's sword and uh, annihilated the giant with his own weapon. My God, we need this kind of spiritual warfare in our life every day because the enemy goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he is who we are dealing with when we're dealing with certain problems of society and uh, domestic issues in the home. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And they are suggesting thoughts which are building a stronghold of philosophy in the mind of people. And that is what is supposed to be torn down. That's the stronghold. It's the way people are thinking. That's the stronghold. The devil offers subtle suggestions, which we take in subtly, and he builds upon them. He scaffolds, and soon there will be a stronghold. So this psalm has five smooth stones that we can use to conquer the giants of our sinful nature. I could feel people tightening up when I said our sinful nature. People will say, I don't have a sinful nature. You might, but I don't. But you know what? There is none righteous. No, not one. Jesus is the holy righteous one. We all have something we need to be dealing with and we need to uh, depend on the Holy Ghost power to uh, shape us the way we ought to be shaped to eradicate whatever sin that needs to be eradicated from out of our mind and out of our persona. Amen. So, yes, if God's people called by his name shall humble themselves and pray, uh, seek his face and turn from their what wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will what heal their land. God will help us to have a righteous life and a righteous way of life. Amen. But yes, we need to have these giants of our sinful nature. Amen. Conquered. They rise in defiance against the counsels of God's holiness. When you find yourself not praying, a giant has taken you over. 
When you find yourself not hungry and thirsty after the word of God, a giant has taken you over. When you are thinking sensual thoughts that are perverted, a giant has taken you over. When you're thinking about somebody sexually that does not belong to you, you have been taken over by one of those fleshly giants. When you are stealing, my God, taking things that don't belong to you, you didn't work for it, you don't own it, but you took it anyway. A giant has taken you over. When you find yourself being profane in your language and in your thought processes, a giant from sin has taken you over. My God, when you are ashamed of representing Jesus Christ in the midst of the councils of this culture, a giant of sin has taken you over. When you are ashamed of Jesus, a giant from sin has taken you over. If you have no kind of mind to share Jesus' love with somebody else, a giant of sin has taken you over. God wants the counsels of his holiness to dwell within us. Before we analyze the verses of this psalm any further, let us look at some of the main giants that come to build walls of separation and discord in the midst of the godly community of true Christendom. Amen. The fourth chapter of the book of James helps us to understand how covenant discipleship depends on proper submission to God. Of the early church, it was said, quote, behold, how they love one another. But today people might say, quote, behold how they compete with one another. Why is it sometimes so difficult for God's people to get along? Yeah. Apparently it is due to the following five strongholds of the enemy as found in James the fourth chapter. These strongholds, these ways of thought can block the holy discipline of submission unto God. Let's look at that word submission. Our mission to submit. Think about it. Submission. Our mission to what? Submit. To who though? To God and to others that are walking in the faith of God. Amen. So let's look at the number one is selfishness. That's from James 4 verses 1 through 3. Selfishness. Number two is worldliness. That's uh, dealt with in verse 4. Number three. Pride, That's found in verses 5 through 10. Number four is criticism, verses 11 and 12. And verses 13 through 17 are dealing with, number five, boasting. I've heard people say, make your boast in the Holy Ghost, but not everybody's making their boast in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You could label something holy when you are yet being prideful. Amen. Let's look at number one, selfishness, verses one through three. The wars among us in the house of God, I'm talking about, are caused by the wars within us. We want to please ourselves, even if it hurts somebody else. If we are not careful even our prayers can become selfish. You know, some people do things just for spite. They will not give their offering correctly because they are mad. Amen. Sometimes people don't attend services because they are mad. Amen. Thank God. This happens in the what house of God. 
That's a shame. God is saying, see that if that was my house, people would get along. Amen. They would thrive in the Holy Ghost. Amen. They wouldn't allow generational curses to have their way. They wouldn't allow these immature attitudes to take precedent over growing in the wisdom, stature and favor with God and man. Number two, worldliness. Verse four deals with that. Because Abraham was separated from sin, he was the friend of God. That's found in uh, James 2.23, but it's dealt with again in verse 4 here uh, in this part of James that we're dealing with, James the fourth chapter. Uh, So Abraham was considered the friend of God. But what about his nephew Lot? Lot was the friend of the world. According to Genesis 13, verses 1 through 13, ponder 1 John, second chapter, verses 15 through 17, if you want to go further with that. Due to the time, I have to move forward. Amen. I have to give you homework sometime. The Holy Ghost gave you homework. Are you going to really do it? (laughs) Number three, pride, verses 5 through 10. Satan knows how to use pride to defeat you as he defeated Eve in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6. Are you laughing when you should be weeping over your sins? Sometimes the devil will make it into a joke. And we look at these comedians today. They find nothing sacred. They will make a joke about everything. They even make a joke about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Ghost, about speaking with tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance. These sacred, intimate things that God uses to build us up in the most holy faith. They are become a mockery and a joke. They have become unimportant. And this is why we have a split in the church, those who are living in the spirit and those who are living in the flesh. The people in the flesh have coined a phrase that folks who are walking so high minded in the spirit, they call you churchy. It used to be that churchy was a good thing. Now churchy is a name of disdain. They say, oh, you churchy. And they say it with such an attitude to let you know that that's not cool. That's not the status quo. That is not how it should go. You don't have the swag that we have. You are churchy. You're not of the saucy nature as we are. But look at them, how they're saying that. Isn't their nose in the air when they say that? Didn't they lift up their head in fleshly attitudes when they said that? But they have a nerve to say that people walking in the Holy Ghost are churchy. But you are exhibiting a cloak of maliciousness with your false anointing. You ought to be happy that God told us not to, amen, wear our anointing as a cloak of maliciousness. We are not to go about uh, looking for revenge to get folks back, to go back at them. But God said that we ought to, amen, speak the truth in love. And it's not to tear down, but to build up. And we don't do it with a nasty attitude. We do it in the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides. You don't come in the heat of the day. You come in the cool of the day. 
God came in the cool of the day. Then he talked to Adam. Adam, where are you? God knew where he was. He was speaking spiritually as a questionnaire to let Adam know and realize if he had known that, that he has now separated himself from God. He's not going to do as Samson, shake himself and thinking that the anointing is going to be right there when he needs it. My God. Uh, but 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 uh, Delilah had come on the scene. This time it was Satan himself. He masked himself as a woman when he met Samson. But I'm talking about he was a snake this time in the garden. The voice of reason that caused a miseducation and Adam allowed it to happen. I know we say that the serpent deceived Eve, but did Adam join in in fellowship with her? Yes, he did. So we look at him because he was born first and you are first born. You have a birthright. You should have some kind of wisdom, knowledge and understanding to know right from wrong. Amen. To set your what house in order. Amen. But he allowed disorder to come in. And when sin has its way, it produces death. So death did happen. The devil lied. They did die spiritually. They didn't die right away physically, but now they would die physically. They would get old and eventually die. Then it became an appointment that everyone had to face death. If sin had not entered in, we would still all be alive with Adam and all of them. Amen. But sin came in and death came in with it. Amen. My God, my God, we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to be worldly. We don't want to have pride. My God, because pride won't let you go to the altar to get your life right with God. You'll hear the Holy Ghost, but your pride will say, the Holy Ghost not talking to you. He must be talking to somebody behind you. He's not talking to you. you know? So you are never wrong. Pride will make you think you are never wrong and never in need of the Savior. Hallelujah. Anyhow, but pride goeth before a fall. Amen. And if you walk therein, you're going to fall headlong uncontrollably into the abyss. My God. But God did not intend for us to do that. So why don't we walk in the spirit and not give in to the what? Lust of the flesh. And the flesh has lots of pride. Number four, criticism. Now, verses 11 and 12. One of the easiest ways to hide our sins is to expose the sins of other people. People do that all the time. They do it so smoothly. They don't even realize they did it. Instead of themselves finding out what the Holy Ghost is trying to reveal to them in the word of God, even on a given Sunday, they will look around as though that is a word for that person over there (laughs) and not for me. They will criticize the preacher, the choir, the deacons and everybody. The mouse in the corner gets the criticism. My God, but not them. They will not criticize themselves. Oh, no, no, no. See, it's easy to do that, though. We can hide our sins because we have put other folk down. Gossip and slander grieve the Holy Spirit and divides the church. My God, God called us to be witnesses, not judges. Amen. So let's look at number five, boasting. These are bad stones that will hurt you. 
boasting verses 13 through 17. Life is short and the future unknown. So we must do the will of God while it is called today. Tomorrow might be too late. Amen. So when you make plans in your life, always say this, quote, if God wills. Amen. Based on Proverbs 27, 1. If God wills. We walk in the spirit that way. The Holy Ghost is supposed to direct our goings. We're supposed to acknowledge God about everything and he will direct our what? Our paths. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my what? Path. We need the light from the word to show us where we need to go. And then the process of getting there, every piece of the word of God needed for the processes of getting to that place will be spelled out and the Holy Ghost will reveal it unto us. The steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Amen. Do you have your marching orders from God? Are you listening? Are you submitted and committed to them? My God. Let's look at Psalm 25 now for some different kinds of stones. Uh, For Psalm 25 reveals the five smooth stones of submitting and committing to God. This psalm is helpful when you are making decisions and seeking God's will. What kind of people does God guide? People walking in fellowship with him. That's who. Number one. So people who are walking in fellowship with God are one, those who glorify him. That's from verses one and two. Two, those who wait from verse three. Number three, those who ask in verses four and five. Number four, those who are clean in verses six and seven and also verses 16 through 22. And number five, those who submits verses eight through 15. Let's go through them. Those who glorify him, verses one and two. If you want his will for his glory, he will show you the right path. If you have selfish motives, however, he may let you have your way. And then you will what? Regret it. A submissive will unto God. That's what we want. We want to be submitted to his will. Um, We want his sovereign will to be honored, not his permissive will. Sometimes he will permit things so that we get a spanking so that we will learn our lesson. When we are tired of being sick and tired, then we're at rock bottom. Then we can only look up. That's the only direction left. Some people keep falling and falling and falling until they get there. My God, but I don't want to keep falling and falling and falling and get there. Amen. Why don't we rise to the occasion and be blessed? Amen. Uh, Let the Lord rise to his rest and be blessed by our praise as we worship and adore him with thoughts and actions conducive to holiness. Oh, we need the Holy Ghost when we get to that weak spot. 
which might be even during this service. When we get to that weak spot right after, sometimes right before saying amen, right after amen too, amen. On the way home, my God, somebody might cut you off and there you go, my God. A memory, a bad one, comes back. You say, oh, yeah, they did do that. Oh, boy. And then the bitter taste is regurgitated back from one of your cow's stomachs. And you are chewing the cud of evil once again and thinking, oh, how I want to get back at that person. Oh, I wish I could say that. Instead of, oh, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire and burn in the Holy Ghost. We want them to burn in hell. We want to send folks there. My God. But we shouldn't be living like that. The Holy Ghost don't want to send folk to hell. People go to hell because that's what they choose to do. God doesn't just put you there. You have now made your reservation and you have committed yourself. The lamp and the light of the devil, Lucifer, has lit up your way to find the way to go there. To feel good on your way there. But when you, amen, have the verdict read, then you're going to start feeling the flames and wish you had not done that. You're going to have real regret throughout eternity. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the regret part. You're gritting your teeth like, oh, I could have done better, but I decided not to. And you will have the vision and the pictures of all the memories of the things down memory lane when you could have come to the altar, when you could have called the Holy Spirit to come and help you. When God put godly sorrow in your heart, regret to make you repent, you said, no, I'm going to, amen, swallow that away and I'm going to just keep on keeping on because you found teachers, oh, those folk that could pet you up in your sin and not give you uh, the encouragement to lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset you and to make you look to Jesus who should be the author and finisher of your faith. My God, that's a shame. That's what happens. My God, my God. Now, number one, the stone better be thrown. Those who glorify God You better not have selfish motives, my God, or you're going to find yourself regretting it forever. Number two, those who wait. Verse three, you are not wasting time when you are waiting on the Lord, prayerfully so. But don't wait on the Lord in your flesh, because then the flesh is going to have its way and it's going to win the fight. The voice you hear is going to win the fight. But God said, fight the what? Bad fight of faith? The fleshly fight of faith? The good fight of faith. Good, meaning, yes, God is good. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. He is. Amen. He's better to us than we want, been to ourselves. The old adages are correct. But do people honor God, the God of those adages? (laughs) We must honor Him. He's alive. He's a person. Amen. We know how to get along with others uh, sometimes, but we need to learn how to get along with God. What does he want? He's a person. What does he want? He has spoken his mind in the Holy Word and revealed the truth of it by the Holy Spirit. Have you read the Bible prayerfully through the Holy Ghost? He will reveal the truth of the word to you and you will be able to wait on the Lord, not just sit patiently and uh, wait for something to happen. 
but you will serve. Wait is also like a waiter or a waitress. You are waiting on the Lord. You are serving the Lord. You're supposed to serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Even though you don't have what you need yet, you are still coming before his presence with singing. You may not be completely healed yet, but you're coming before his presence with singing. That person you prayed for is not saved yet, but you come before his presence with singing. Your ship didn't come in yet, but you are yet coming before his presence with singing. Amen. Got to learn to wait on the Lord. Thank God. Number three, those who ask. Now, people who are walking in fellowship with God are those who ask. Uh, Verses four and five. God wants to show you his ways, teach you his paths, and lead you in his truths. The word of God and prayer always go together. Sometimes we, we read the word of God, but we're not prayerful. You don't need them little pop-tart kid prayers. God, give me wisdom and knowledge. Amen. Uh, you might have meant that, but maybe you're so tired and you did it out of rote practice and not connected with the real spirit of that petition. Amen. God knows the difference. Thank God. You got to amen. Read the word prayerfully. It's a Holy Ghost thing. It's not a comic book. It's not a biology book. It's not a telephone book. It's not the TV guide. It's not your gossip column in the newspaper. It's the Holy Word of God. You got to do it prayerfully through the Holy Spirit. Yes, the word of God and prayer always go together. Think about peanut butter and jelly. They what? Go together. My God. Mm-mm-mm. Eat some salty food. You need some water after that. That just goes right along with it, doesn't it, though? The word of God and what? Prayer. You better put those two together. Spend time in prayer and in the word of God. Spend quality time. Not just get it over with. See, when Jesus is your side piece, you're just going to use the word of God oh, haphazardly. Uh, get it out of the way. Okay, I, I read my scripture for the day. Now I can do whatever I want to. Wow. God is a side piece to a lot of people. They added Jesus to their life. Have you tried Jesus? I uh, don't know. Let me go to the, uh, the buffet. Oh, I tried Jesus. Mm, oh, he all right. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's all right for five minutes in service. But no, nah, not my whole life. Now, that's a bit much. Uh, Jesus is a side piece. He's oh, he 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 he's um, one of them side dishes. He's like a dime that men have on the side. Uh, but that's not who Jesus is. He's supposed to be your whole life. I didn't add Jesus to my life. He is my life. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Hallelujah. And I died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. I rose again in in holiness unto the Lord. Can we still decide against the Lord because of free will? Yes. But we have to make a declaration every single day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But we don't do that every day. We feel a little funky sometimes. We let the flesh have its way. The flesh is my teacher today, Lord. Back up off me. But we can't be like that. We have to be those who are continuously asking God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from his word revealed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Spend quality time 
And if you ask him sincerely, guess what? He will answer you clearly. Think of that rap. Amen. If you ask him sincerely, he will answer you clearly. Amen. Thank God. Number four, those who are clean. Thank God. We're not talking about taking a bath, my God, with soap and water, but that does help. But we're talking about in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So many are walking around just stank. They haven't taken a bath in the Holy Ghost. This is why we have stank services and we have to get through the quagmire of that. The praise team can't wash that off by themselves. You have to want to get up in the water. Amen. And soak a while. Amen. Let the water soak all up in the crevices where the germs are hiding. Amen. All in the deep corridors of your mind. Let the word go there. We are clean by the washing of the word. Did the word come in and do a cleansing work? So those who are clean are going to be the ones who are walking in fellowship with God. Uh, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That doesn't mean he's like you're praying and God has closed his ears. He put earplugs. He's not talking about that. It's almost like a court case. Uh, You will get a hearing. You will be allowed to make your presence in the court, in the presence of God, and your petition will be heard. Amen. Thank God. So this scripture applies here to those who are clean. So does 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He's he's the justice. He's the judge. You come into court and you get judged. Uh, uh, and, And when God in his righteous judgment judges you, he's trying to help you to get saved, to get clean. Amen. The devil is condemning. But God is convicting. Amen. Know the difference. God's trying to make you right. The devil's trying to sneakily make you be wrong. And then when you caught all out there and bound up, he's going to call you outside of God's name and call you evil names to make you become cemented in that thing. And then you start, you know, speaking the words of the devil. Yeah, I'm this. Yeah, I'm that. Yeah, I'm yes. You just believe the devil's lies. But God is helping us to confess our sins. Yes, our sins is not us. It's sin. Sin is going to separate itself from us. God's going to take that thing out of us, off of us. Amen. And it's it's not supposed to be who we are. Sin came into the world through Adam. But through Jesus, Jesus came to what? Eradicate the power of sin. You can, amen, confess your sins and God will be faithful and just to forgive your sin. Why does he have to forgive? Forgiving is an accounting word. Forgive means you don't owe anything anymore. So sin has a price. The wages of sin is what? Death. You're supposed to die. That's the only way you're going to pay it because you can't afford it. Uh, The devil going to take your life. That's what you got to pay. You don't have a pocketbook. You have your life. So to pay your sin debt, you got to give your life. But God is saying, I gave my life for thee. I paid the price. All you got to do is accept me and walk in me. Take my life and let it be your life. See, Jesus can do that because he's the God man. Hallelujah. We can confess our sins to him and let him know these are my sins. That's not me. That's my sins. See, 
Amen. And he's going to be faithful and just to forgive you of them sins, wash you clean. He's going to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. He can't cleanse you unless you let that price become paid. He stamps it paid. Amen. Thank God. You get clean by confessing your faults one to the other through the Holy Ghost. Go to spiritual people. This is why churches are sick, because there's disdain against leadership today. People don't want to be bossed around, so to speak. They don't want to commando. What is this ruler over your soul? They don't like that scripture. Oh, no. You you telling me what to do, how to do it, when to do it? Mm-mm, no, you didn't. But the preacher has rule over your soul, meaning in the spiritual realm, God has placed him or her as a watch person, and they're watching over the sheep. And they are led by the Holy Ghost to help encourage folk to pray right, to read the scripture right, to get their life in order. My God, come to the prayer. Come to church. Hallelujah. Don't be late. Come prepared. Be on your post. Amen. Do all, amen, things unto the Lord that should be done. Amen. They're helping you to be encouraged. That's what the men and women of God are for. And we get together and they promote holy fellowship where we build each other up in the most holy faith, not compete with each other and tear each other down, gossip and backstab each other. That is not God's house. Hallelujah. Thank God. God is coming back for a clean church without spot or wrinkle. We got to stop the backstabbing. We got to stop the uh, selfish ambition competitions. My God. And all of this same tit for tat. Uh, you did this to me. Now I'm going to do this to you. That childish attitude must be eradicated. It must become dried up. It must be cast out because it is of the devil. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. Now, people walking in fellowship with God are, number five, those who submit. After all this, you must maintain submission exclusively to God. I said exclusively. Listen very carefully. You can try to submit the two things, two entities. If you're going to serve ye God, serve ye him. If you're going to serve Baal, serve ye him. You are halt between two opinions. Moses and all the prophets spoke such things. My God, come down from the mountain, uh, the big meeting with God, and the folks are down there. They made their own God and dancing around and carousing and drinking and uh, being sensual, uh, perverted sensually together. My God. Left them for a minute and look what happened. My God. Sheep without a what? Shepherd. But they had another under shepherd, but that shepherd fell with them. So if the preacher is doing what the ungodly folk who are uh, scoffing churchiness, if they go with that crown, what's going to happen to the house of God? It's not going to be a holy place anymore. People aren't going to submit the way they ought to. See, so after all this, you must maintain submission exclusively to God. Keep his favor because uh, God does not guide rebels, but he joyfully leads those who fear him, you know, put him as a priority uh, at the forefront of their mind from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. They fear him. See, 
That's what that means. Oh, I'm scared of God. Uh, yeah, you should be scared of God because he could take you out. That's true. But this old fashioned word is showing that you honor God in a most high manner. Fear him and submit to his will. It's not like these tyrants of of history. They are uh, infamous. They cause mayhem and tyranny in the earth. Satanic, sadistic uh, torture and taking folk over and such. That is not who God is. He's a loving God. He wants us to have right. He created the world so that we could have right. But the devil came in and gave an alternative thought and folks are going in there hook, line and sinker and just going on in because they are going by the flesh only. But if you have the Holy Ghost, he will let you know if your flesh is off. Amen. And if you do get off, you're going to have the holy guilt because God is trying to convict you to make you come back. And uh, the devil taps you on the shoulder, makes you look left, makes you look right, makes you look back too far ahead or whatever and you're not satisfied in God in the spot of God anymore so now the devil can tickle your fancies from the flesh and cause you to falter and be fickle with God but God is trying to help us rise up to the holy occasion so we have to keep our eyes on the Lord and let him have his way not let the devil have his way my God, stay submitted to the Lord. Psalm 32 verses 8 and 9 help us with that. Uh, so God knows where he is going and what he is doing. So we should what? Follow him by faith. And faith is a gift from God. It enables us to be attentive to having a right relationship with him. And we trust God exclusively. Faith is a process of trusting God exclusively to take good care of you. Amen. Faith will help you do that. Like Jesus, you must behave according to God's approved priesthood level standards when it comes to the sanctity of your life, which is supposed to be his dwelling place anyway. We must submit to God. James 4, 6 through 8 says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So after submitting to God, we must submit to others in the community of faith. According to Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let's conclude with this thought. A godly community definitely requires submission to God and to others in the house of God. House of God doesn't mean just a church edifice. It means the people who are born again by God's spirit. Amen. Philippians 2, 3 lets us know that absolutely nothing whatsoever should be done through selfish ambition or conceit, since these are two of the greatest enemies of unity among the people of God. Selfish ambition is the desire to be number one, no matter what the cost. Conceit speaks of pride or self-display. 
wherever you find people who are interested in gathering a clique all around themselves or in promoting their own interests, there you will find the seeds of contention and strife. Always happens. The remedy, though, is found in the latter part of the verse. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Amen. This does not mean that we must consider criminals, folks that are, who are going to hurt you, you know, as having better moral uh, characteristics than our own but rather that we should live for others unselfishly, uh, putting uh, their interests above our own. This helps us to walk in the shoes of other folk, and we will have empathy for them, even if they are criminal in their actions. We can have empathy for them and pray correctly for them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Help them to get saved, Lord. Give them a righteous mind, I pray in Jesus' name. Have you ever prayed that for a criminal? My God. And criminals are not just behind bars. And it's not, it's not just people breaking the law out there. There are folks in the house of God breaking his laws. How about that? And we become criminal. My God, my God. It's easy to read an exhortation like this in the word of God, but quite another thing to appreciate what it really means and then put it into actual practice to esteem others better than ourselves is utterly foreign to the human mind. We can't do that in our own power, can we? No. We can't do it in our own strength, how we were born and shaped in iniquity and in sin did our mothers conceive us. We need the supernatural power of the most high God ever dwelling inside of us and anointing us on the outside too. The Holy Spirit helps us. He empowers us. He teaches us how we ought to live and what we ought to be practicing. Amen. So before you go, think about it. The highest level of fellowship, submission, uh, the foundation of God's grace connects true disciples of Jesus while sufficiently satisfying all personal needs that we uh, dare expose to our gracious Lord Christ Jesus. We have to expose our needs. I was up quite early this morning exposing my needs. The Holy Ghost led me to pray that way. He himself had to submit to the sovereign will of God. Jesus had to do it right while he was on this earth. He showed us how to do it. His faithful obedience to God serves as our model of what we need to do to decommission our sinful nature and therefore submit to God. You can't submit to God until you decommission your sinful nature. There are some habits in you that seem to never want to go away, but you got to submit to God, decommission that thing, shut it down, say, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, the devil will say, look at that, listen to that, talk to that person, hang out with this person, do this, do this, do that, other than do the things of God. When we say no to the devil, we better be ready to submit to God. Because if we're just saying no to the devil and not submitting to God, it is of none effect. We're still going to go with the devil. Don't just decommission the devil. You have to commission the Holy Ghost. 
Let the Holy Ghost come and do what he came to do. Jesus gave us all. He keeps on giving to us despite our inconsistencies. God is a lavish blessing God. Jehovah Yiri. We call him Jehovah Jireh here in the West. But he's the God of more than enough. He gives us baptismal portions ever overflowing. Why is he giving us that? My God, such blessings in earthen vessels. Our vessel is not even qualified to have such goodness, my God. But he blesses us anyway. It's like putting jewels in a toilet full of mess. Amen. Think about it. You need to think about yourself, your sin, just like that. We want to cutify our sins. Put Gucci on it and bling bling on it. No, sin is a what? Stench in God's nostrils. We got to remember that when we're trying to pray in our flesh. Sin is a stench in God's nostrils. If you regard iniquity, the Lord will not hear you. We got to get it right. Find that tiny little thing that's ever festering way deep down. There's something funky in Denmark. You better find what it is. That stinky little smell. What is it? One germ left in your clothes will make the whole laundry basket stink. My God, I wash the clothes. Why do they still stink? Because germs are inside the washing machine. Sometimes you got to wash the washing machine. Thank God there's germs all up in there. My God, sometimes we need a good washing inside out. Never mind, amen, trying to do so much work for the Lord. Sometimes it's time to unplug and let the Lord work on you. That's why God has decommissioned some things around here. He wants to work on us. When he's done working on us, he's going to, amen, now help us to work on things he would have us to work on. Amen. He's given us stuff to do for ourselves to get better, but we ignore the Holy Ghost time and time again. Stop decommissioning the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost came to do. God is gracious and true to us. Amen. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We should want to reciprocate by giving God what he requires in exchange for his excellent greatness. Submitting and committing to the will of God brings you the blessings as follows of knowing the specific paths to take in your life's journey of not wasting time, but effectively progressing every step of the way. In the late 80s, mid to late 80s, God said every step I take would be prosperous. And he took me up the ladder financially in my income and helped me to get my degrees and everything that I needed. Amen. In pursuit of God, God blessed me along the way and helped me to be well suited in my spirit so I could be well suited to be Lisa's suitor. Amen. And I was able to get with her. Amen. As God worked on me, he helped me to find my wife, my good thing. Hey, hallelujah. He'll get your life right. If you let him get your life right, he'll make it right. God said, if you're trying to save your own life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life in God, roll your way to God, you're going to find your life because God has the life already ready for you. Amen. God is going to help us to be led exclusively by him. 
And he's going to help us to be forgiven and enable us to do better by his strength. Amen. And we're going to gain his favor. All of those are the blessings that have been found in today's message. So through the Lord's strength, we can affect great changes in ourselves and in our homes. The Holy Ghost had me do a, a, a prayer yesterday morning with my family. A call to arms, everybody, amen. Recommission the young adults in our home, amen. And gave them a Holy Ghost hug, and my wife and I hugged, amen, after our prayer. So the Holy Ghost wants to work on us. He wants to work on our homes. Our homes are attached to a neighborhood. Amen. So God's going to work on the whole neighborhood. We got a neighbor or two. Know that we have the worth of prayer in our lives. And the gentleman was walking by the other day. My wife was uh, coming in the yard and he said, uh, I still want you all to come and pray. Amen. We got to get our schedules right so we could get on over there. He was getting ready to go in the hospital. He probably was already getting his checkup and everything. But we, ha- we have been praying. We just want to do it physically with them. Amen. We're going to light up their house with a praise song and do a prayer and hug them in Jesus name. Amen. The neighborhoods, it's already working to be different. Amen. And then think of this. The neighborhood is attached to the city. The city is going to change. The city is attached to the country. The country is going to change. Is our country attached to the world? Yes, the world will change as we pray. Father God, we seek to stay completely submitted and committed faithfully to you. Completely submitted and faithfully submitted. All both. Submitted, committed. We got to do it faithfully and we got to do it consistently and exclusively to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God, that's what we want here and now for our souls. We pray this message will help us to stay encouraged, to stay committed to you totally, to you, Jesus, since you are able and willing to keep us from falling Only you can bring us to a successful stand in holiness according to the eternal kingdom of God without spot or wrinkle. Help us to take heed to this challenge and recommit ourselves or commit for the first time in certain areas of our life. Oh, God, until you are helping us to experience the fact that everything within us is blessing the Lord, our entire being given over to Jesus. And we become the elect of God. We want your way to be our only sure way in the midst of this earth's uncertainty, Lord. It will remain stable. Oh, God, our heart will remain stable. Our mind, our whole self will remain stable because all other ground becomes sinking sand. Help us to stay committed, Lord. Stay submitted humbly to your tender call so that we can be blessed beyond measure, beyond what we could fathom or think. We bless your name, Lord, for the outcome. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www dot roagape dot org We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry 
You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.